Fighting moved from the consulate to the CIA annex. He was found in there when the fire died down by locals. I believe he was already dead from what I understand. And I, I do believe that. He had, was already dead of smoke inhalation. There's no way he could have survived all that. I mean, just by me running in there when I could and trying to get back to where he was at, there's just no way. You hear some vicious things, what they did to him, Bobby, which is I, very I ugly things. And you have to do a fact check to see if it's real, believe, if it's I don't not. believe that. And I've seen that before, too, when I was in Iraq. You know, they can do some pretty mean... And they did mean stuff to when they caught Gaddafi, same thing. Yeah. Unless you do a full-on autopsy, we'll say it, of his anal cavity, yeah. you'll never know. Yeah. I did inspect his body the next day when they brought him to us to get him on the plane, when uh, the militia that had him at the at the hospital brought... I did not see desecration. I didn't see, you know, like he was dry, like Black Hawk Down. Mm -hmm. I didn't see <laughs> scrapes. I didn't see anything like you that. You didn't see it. But also, he also had his, you know, he also had his, his clothes on, so, and I didn't take him off to see but as far as face neck and the little piece of his hands that i didn't see i didn't see like you know if, if somebody's been drug everywhere you're gonna see it i mean mm. you're gonna see the scrapes you're gonna see the blocks of hair out you're gonna and i didn't see that but as far as the sodomization yeah, that made sodomization take, i i, that, I no one know. would know i yeah. don't know it's amazing that you say what you're saying and to you we watch it and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, this guy really, that can't be real. Did you really go through that? And to you, that's your job to do that. Michael Bay did a phenomenal job. I did. Not making it a political message. Well, and not putting, so, not putting the Transformers and all that CGI in it. But <laughs> we told him, like, oh, when he got picked, I was like, oh, Michael you're going to see some. He did it was awesome. an amazing job. Yeah. From the beginning to the end, it was what 133 minute video. So no, the movie it, it was, like a it was no, it was yeah. two hours and like two hours and thirteen minutes. Yeah, or it was. It was a long movie, mm -hmm. and you're sitting, but, you're watching. It's but like, it, oh. got, you know, it really goes. It by went quick. by so quick. You yeah. all of a sudden you're done with it. You're wondering what happened with it. So when this thing came out and you're watching it, prior to that. What happened with you? You were asked to go to trial and you decided not to show up. Did that create a lot of a... Uh, did oh, that... When we were first asked to uh, to testify, I said, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. Um, or, and it would have been closed door to for Mike Rogers' House Intel, House Intel uh, subcommittee. I didn't. I was like, no, I'm going back to work. And the thing is, is it wasn't ever pushed. I guess the CIA figured as long as I was deploying, then I'm, you know, I'm controllable. He's, he's not going to say anything. He's still deploying. So and was, you were at the and time. I was. It was ne so it was never pushed. When we, as a team, decided to finally tell the truth and write the book, and the reason we did the book, it wasn't monetary. It wasn't it? Was what medium can we get it out where it's not slanted? Now we just talked about the the news. You know, you mm -hmm. don't watch the news because yeah, you don't know if you're getting the truth. We did think, you know, what do we do? Fox? What do we do CNN? No, you know, how can we do this where it stays apolitical and we're just telling you what happened? A book by the many years that we had contracted we'd made contacts with people we knew people that had written books about influential figures you know working at blackwater you know i, I knew the author that had written the book about eric prince so we had opportunities to do that but we also saw what had happened to the gentleman that wrote new easy day in that book there's there's nothing the killing of osama bin laden mm -hmm. there's nothing classified in that book but he didn't he got heat for but it but he though. got heat because he, he didn't he didn't go it. through the proper channels okay so, so what we had is to, the proper channel the proper get, first channel is to hire clearance lawyer to make sure a security clearance lawyer that specializes in dealing with books to work where you have a security clearance. Got it. So that's why Comey said my book had to be cleared before yeah. I can publish it. So you, that is the process. That, that is the process and that's what we did. We, we hired a clearance lawyer by the name of Mark Zaid and we just started doing it the correct way. So what does he do? Does he tell you you guys can't disclose this? is what he, he does. And then he also Got goes it. to the agency and says this is what they're going to say. This is what we're going to do. What is classified? What is not? And it's not do you want them to say it? It's 
is this classified or not? That's I it. Because there was a lot of things in the book they didn't want us to say, but it wasn't classified. In fact, the majority, if you read our book, there's nothing classified. Who makes in the book. decision on what is classified? What they, is not they, classified? Uh, the agency has a clearance board, and a lot of them aren't even from CA. They're they they hire from outside. They're cities. They're cities. They, they're, they're like it's like a contract. In fact, this clearance board that we dealt with, they were a contracting company hired by the CIA. They weren't even CIA personnel, so which shocked me. I didn't even know that for the first until uh, the book was almost done. Um, and that's because Mark told me this aid. And, uh, but yeah, he's the one that does all the, and in the meantime, we just, we continue to put our thoughts down, continue to do what we need to do to get the book. So when we say, go, you guys can write it, then we're, we're off and running. As far as being able to say anything at that point in time, we have to get the okay from Mark. And Mark was giving us the okay. Our, our clearance lawyer, this is what you can do. How much was taken out? What percentage was taken out? Actually, there was nothing, there's nothing classified, classified in the book. The only thing that we couldn't do when the book first came out was we couldn't put our true names. So when you see the title where it says written by 13 hours, the uh, what really happened to Benghazi written by Mitchell Zukov mm-hmm. and the annex security team. That's what I see. Yeah. We had to put the annex security team so because we hadn't got our names in. cleared yet. Got it. And when we finally got that okay, the argument was there was, wait a second, you guys gave Tyrone and Glenn's name out first thing. First day when they passed, you said, these are the CIA. You didn't even say Tyrone and Glenn, State Department. You said CIA security died in a, the next day. So like, and now you're telling us you can't, we can't use our names. And then Boone and I didn't go to the war ceremony. I didn't go to the, the joke CIA war ceremony. It was ridiculous. But Oz and Tig and Jack all went. When they left that award ceremony, the CIA gave them bags that said CIA on them with their true names on the bags to leave Langley. So like, guys, don't even. They, they didn't want us to choose our true names because it would have made it. They could have disputed the book or discredited it even more. So they tried to get us to change our names and not use our real names in the book itself. And in said, the book, your in name. The book. And that was, one of, that was one of the things that held it up for a little while longer and we fought it. Like, no. And this let, is why. Let me ask you, what's the 30-year rule? Is there a 30-year rule? Uh, you, you know, I, I you know which one I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, you know, there, as far as where there's a statute of limitations, yeah. once you're 30 years, you can say all you want. The government can do whatever the hell they want. If they want to come after you in 30 years, they can come after you 30 years. If you write a book and, and you don't get it cleared, if anybody hasn't found out from all this craziness that's gone on, all the, all the deep state stuff, and there yeah. is, there is, I do believe that, all the... Government can get away with murder literally and not get tried for it. The government can do whatever they want. If you have 30 years and, and then you write something and they want to come after you, they're going to come after you regardless. So you have to protect yourself. And they, and they can still come after us. They can come after any of us and hammer us. How in. much did life change for you after the movie? After the, after the book came out, then after the movie came out? Well, after the book came out, you see, what am I doing now? Nobody knew who the hell I was. I live in Nebraska, for God's sake. If that tells you how much I want people to know. They are very good, and that ju- the, the jumping guys, jumping. Um, my two ex-wives volleyball players. I'm just saying, you guys, you guys that date volleyball players, you know what I'm getting at. Awesome. awesome. Listen, awesome, we, awesome, had, awesome we had a 20-minute drive in the car that if that would have been recorded, it would have been But it's epic. all, man. Those, so oh. Nebraska, I've been to Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been through Nebraska. You saw cornfields. You saw the Nebraska volleyball team. That is outstanding. outstanding but they spikes. are. But they are. Well, yeah. I mean, they're the best in the country. They're yeah. Outstanding. When the book came out, it's just like anything else. It's like a new toy. This is new to me. Okay, you know, how do I, how do I rationalize this to do it? It's new. Okay, I get to be in the spotlight. People are starting to know who I am. Isn't this what everybody wants? That's why we have social media. It's how many freaking followers you have. It's who, who's following you now. Who's liking your pictures? In that first year, you're getting into that. Like, wow, this is people recognizing me. But you're still trying to stay within yourself because, wait a second, I didn't do this to be recognized. We're doing it to get the story out. And I don't really to honor Tyrone, Tyrone and, and Glenn who gave 
gave everything. They, they died that night, so we all, and they were our two medics, if that tells you anything about their character. They're not only shooters, they're also lifesavers. We lost our two medics right there off the bat. And I remember Roan, right before he died, he, I'd cut my arm up pretty good. Uh, we went over a wall, and we were jumping over right at the beginning, and one of the walls fell on, I, it fell down, and I just hammered my arm, and he had just come up and wrapped, you know, rinsed it out with saline and wrapped my arm before he died. So that was one of the last thoughts I remember. Ronis, he's coming and taking care of me. He's running from every, every building, taking care of everybody, and also fighting. But you're private, but you enjoy that. You try to make lemonade out of lemons. The Daddy's Home premiere. Yes, that was fun. Got to go hang out. Got to go see Paramount. Got to see the studios. Writing the book. The book's out. Uh, Got to do all those book signings. You know, you're meeting people and they're thanking you for their serve. They're, you're, you're seeing the positive side of people. You're also starting to see a little bit of the negative, the real big negative side of being called liars, being called, oh, you're doing this for money. Even, who, even politics. calling you that? Uh, actually, the House Intel Select Committee, uh, Mike Rogers, actually, that was one of the, one of his questions to us was, uh, yeah, it was worth just doing this to, to make money with your book. Because, uh, like, that's kind of in poor taste. And it was, it, I'm saying it in context, it was a little bit more eloquent because it was That's typically what they say when that yeah. comes out. It's like the first thing yeah. that comes out yeah. and they're doing it to make money. Make, you know, I was newly, I know, I was newly divorced at the time. So yeah, come on, I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a good time. I'm, I'm enjoying it. But just like any, it's like a toy. It's not my life. So it starts to get empty. Then the movie, you know, then we start pitching the movie. So it's something else new. Now I'm getting to, okay, this is cool. I when are you pitching? What year are you pitching? When the movie come out? 16, January 12, so 2015. 2015, we're starting to pitch the movie. How long did it take to make the movie? Actually, Michael did it. He, he filmed it in, in three months. Wow. Nine oh. months total, I want to say, from when the pitch came out. Scriptwriter Chuck Hogan. For those that don't know who Chuck Hogan is, we had an all-star team for our movie people. That's how I got made. I mean, three arts entertainment with Erwin Ir Stoff. I mean, come on. Erwin Stoff started as Keanu Reeves' agent. He's blindside, uh, broken. And so we got him him in our corner. Uh, Richard Abate, who's a, who's a huge book agent. He's in our corner. He's part of Three Arts as well. Then you get Chuck Hogan, who wrote The Strain, who wrote The Prince of Thieves, which is was made into The Town, which won an Oscar. You know, he's he's mm -hmm. our script writer. And then you come in and you got Michael Bay and Bay Studios behind it. Did they all say, we want to be part of this? Yeah. It they was like, did. I want to be part of no, it. No, that, that was it. We didn't go ask anybody. Did you pitch Michael Bay? Who did you pitch? We pitched the studios. We never pushed this... Let's make a movie out of this. We let everything come to us. We didn't, and if it didn't, it didn't. It wasn't, oh, we're gonna make this into a movie. People approached us. It wasn't us trying to reach out to a two agents. Yep. And I think that's why it did so well is because it wasn't us trying to find somebody that reluctantly, oh, I'll do it. It was, hey, we want to do this. And when you got Michael Bay saying, I want to do this, we met with Michael, had dinner with him. And you know what he got me? First of all, he loves veterans. Huge military supporter for people that don't know that. I saw Humongous. that. That was impressive. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but my thing was, I go, you know, this is going to be you're going to be hammered from the left. And I said, you know, Hillary might come after you. And, he, you know, he said, and, and he may not even remember, he said, but I remember him saying this. He goes, fuck Hillary. I don't care. He's Michael Bay. I, 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 and it wasn't like, I'm Michael Bay. Who's going to come? But that's how I took it. It was, I'm Michael Bay. Who's going to mess with? And he's right. And he doesn't give a shit. You see what movies he He, he makes what he wants to make. By the way, I don't think it was politically left no. for him. No. Because he's very quiet about his political he, beliefs. He, he's just like, look, I want to make movies. I want to make movies. Yeah. And, and he kept it He kept it to the story. He didn't make it political. The movie is a political. It shows, uh, it shows what happened to us. Whether it didn't help a political candidate, well, so be it. That's a political I candidate's fault. I don't even fault. think one time Hillary no. or Obama was mentioned no. We movie. didn't put them in there, and they weren't going to be because that was very uh, smart to do that. Yeah. Because 
if you would have, then it would have been like, look, they're really reaching. Reaching, you know? yeah. yeah. And, and, but it still was still deemed as a right-wing movie, and there's a lot of theaters that didn't play that movie. I think it could have done a lot better. It did do well. It didn't get maximum exposure, even though we did at AT&T Stadium. You know, a lot of theaters, especially in... I think you do box, box office was, what, $65 million? Yeah. You, it cost $50 million, made $65 million, and that doesn't count. That didn't count. DVD, and yeah, not DVD, they, but all they, the other they, stuff. They did all right. Of course. Yeah. That, that movie's going to do all right for a while. And it's, I told Mike, oh, this thing's a marathon. This thing's not a sprint. Even if it gets cult status, but it's going to give every 9-11, this thing's going to go. Black Hawk Down became a cult status. Yeah, and, and that's a great movie. I was very blessed from my father. My father was a very... He was a football coach. We talked about that. Um, he coached at Brigham Young. And that was when they were national champions, when they had the Steve Youngs and the Jim McMahons and the Robbie Bosco. You don't make coaches like Lavelle Edwards anymore. You don't have Urban Meyer. They don't make classy guys like that anymore. And for me to grow up in that environment, very charismatic. And my dad is very charismatic, very good speaker, very well in front of the TV. And I would just, I watched him. And also, when you don't give two shits what people think about you, it's very easy to get in front of a camera. Because no. you don't care what people yeah. think. And my dad, having and seeing him, how professional he was on camera as a coach or talking in front of a group to leading men because he was a head football coach as well, and then not giving a crap what you what people think of you, it's very easy to Was get he involved. always like that? Now, my dad is professional. My, my dad right now, he said, what did you just say, son, on TV? He's from Lubbock, Texas. Very disciplined, but he's very also a very, very good father, understanding. you got a good relationship. You know, very, oh, no, I love my dad. My dad's my hero. Yeah. People ask me, who's my hero? It's my dad. No, it's nobody else. My dad's my hero. What do they think about the whole thing that took place? Like, They're very proud that I spoke up, especially when when uh, when the and we're getting political again. But I'll, I'll, I'll use that as an example because my mom was very adamant about it. Uh, I remember when Hillary was saying, you know, women don't vote for Trump and all, that. and my mom was like, and women don't vote for other women that leave their sons to die in foreign countries. So my mom is extremely supportive of of what we did and speaking out. My dad's proud of me speaking out. He he does wish I wish I clean up my language a little bit more. They're very extremely supportive of of me. They also are understanding that I wasn't raised to do what I'm doing now, but they're very proud that we taught our son that when when things change, that path change, we can he can adjust to it and continue to excel. Do I enjoy it? No. Did I enjoy it in the beginning? It was new. Yeah, I, I learned from it. Do I enjoy it now? Being public figure, whatever the hell you want to call it? No, I, I don't. If you're going to do anything, and that's why you become a Ranger, a Marine, or SEAL, you're going to do, do it at 110%. You're going to do it the best at your ability. And that was started from my father, and then it was just hammered into me and multiplied times a million becoming a Ranger. If, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be good at it. I'm going to be the best at it. So let's transition into that book with the Ranger Way. So, yeah. so I, I was looking at the, the book and the reviews. I mean, it's remarkable reviews you got with uh, how people are talking about it. And it's great when I was just telling you about Jocko Willink. I yeah, was with him yeah. in San Diego. Jocko, I was telling yeah. how the Navy SEAL. And I was sitting with him and he came out with the book Extreme Ownership. And we're reading it. Our entire company read it. And you're sitting there saying these principles apply to business. Talk about, one, what inspired you to write the book and what are some of the principles in that book that we you, can learn you from. Know, I, what I wanted to do, I didn't want to do it. Jocko, a great book, and you see, you see a lot of those military books. How, you, how do you apply Ranger School to everyday life? How do you apply uh, SEAL training to everyday life? I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to say, guys, I'm like everybody else. I fail just like everybody else. So it's more of failing even when I was a kid. What did I fail at? What did I fail here? How did I got kicked out? People don't realize, I got kicked out of the Army the first time I was in. First time I was in, I got booted out of the Army. And 
what did I do? I went to grad school. I took my GRE and I went to grad school because I had to take two years off. I couldn't reapply for the military. How old were you at this time? Uh, I was 27 at the time. I went to grad school, got my master's degree. I re-enlisted back in. And because my, 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 my dad, yeah, my dad's voice is saying, if you start something, son, you finish it. And I re-enlisted back in. So there is some military stuff in there. There's some places from some, some examples of other places I've been to as far as Iraq and Afghanistan. But the book is about how to succeed. You have to fail. And you have to learn how to fail, and you have to be able to pick yourself up and get back on that horse and continue on. And it's it has actually stuff about not just military, but just failures in my life that everybody goes through. I said, we aren't superhuman. We're not any different than anybody else. We fail just like everybody else. The only difference is we learn how to pick ourselves up and to continue to keep moving. That's it all that is take one step back, go two steps mm-hmm. forward. That's, that's what we do. And that's what the Ranger way is about. It's about learning how to fail, which today's youth actually needs that. Today's youth doesn't, we, we talk, common core, they, they don't know no, how to fail. Listen, you for me, hear? the best thing that happened to me is joining the military. I was a one point GPA kid. I went in, I came back, and I think a lot of undecided 18-year-old boys today they need the army for a couple of years yeah. just to kind of whatever branch it is to go through. I don't think most people know what is ranger school. Like, what is the timeline of? So talk about like because I know what it is, yeah. but this is not like a a I'm airborne school. You see guys that have an airborne badge. I was air assault. Ranger is like one of the top four most difficult things to go through in Navy SEAL, Ranger, Special Forces. Why don't you talk a little well, bit about and, the Ranger and program? And first, so, so being Ranger qualified, having the Ranger tab, going to Ranger school, doesn't mean you're a Ranger. You're Ranger qualified. It was it was something you earned going through what we had. We called it Ranger Indoc, Ranger Indoctrination Program, which was three weeks of basically just hell. It was just a, a nut check. Could you do it? Then you get to your battalion. Then you have to prove yourself again, and you have to be a private at your... And being an untabbed private at the 75th Ranger Regiment, at least when I was in, I'm sure it's the same now, it's awful. You're getting... And I'm not going to lie, hey, Nancy Pelosi, all them, we got hazed every day. Hazed. We got... It was it was awful. They have to see if you want to be there, because if you can't take that in peacetime, you can't take that when you're back in the States, how are you going to take it when you start getting shot at? And that was the best thing that could happen to me. Just got, you get your level knocked down, but you have to prove yourself physically and with your weapon systems and mentally and emotionally, and then... You can go to ranger school. Then after all that, then you get to go to ranger school. And ranger school is, if you count RAP, uh, RAP, RASP, ranger assessment, which is uh, which is where you go through to get your pre-training for ranger school. Basically, it's pre-ranger is what it is. Pre-ranger, you go to pre-ranger for three weeks. They're teaching you the small unit tactics. They're teaching you three tactics. You get to eat a little bit, but you're not getting any sleep. So that's three weeks. Then you go through zero week, which is basically your pre-week waiting for all the infantry officers to get there. So you, basically, it's just another week of hell at ranger school. And then... IOBC guys, infantry officers come in and all the officers come in and you start actually doing ranger school. That's two and a half months. If you go straight through, you may recycle. Give me some of the crazy things you guys were doing. Well, you're not sleeping. If I got four hours of sleep in one night, that was good. I, I do remember specifically. Uh, if you got four, if, that was if, good. If you got four. I do remember specifically one time we were walking and we were at, we were at Benning phase and I remember and we saw the old Nas, the old, the old, the old uh, Cyclopsic seven deltas, the old single and they're heavy. I remember we're walking and and, we're, and it's starting to rain. It's just like, can this get any worse? It's already, we already messed up our op. We already didn't get our goes. I was one of the team leaders. I didn't get my go at my station where you have to get graded. And I'm walking up the hill and then it starts pouring on us. And then you just start falling over each other. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm like a week into this shit. <laughs> and then I fall on my face. I remember, the, I think that the seven deltas imprinted themselves, the serial number imprinted itself. on Even with my, I had my Kevlar on, it still went smack. Wow. Right and, and, it's just, and it's just little things like that. That's what ranger school, I tell guys, ranger school isn't, a, it's, it's like little hits every day until you just want to, oh, I want to quit. And then towards the end of it, I remember Florida phase, 
there was one specific, and I did I actually talked about this in the Ranger way. It was our last hump back. It was about 12, 13 miles. We had one more hump. We've got to do a ruck march back, and then we're done. I'm done. How much are you carrying at this point? Uh, at this point in time, actually, I, I was carrying, it was about 70 pounds, and I had the 240. But we also had a sleeping bag. We Because I went through in the wintertime. Wintertime is still cold. I, I'm a winter ranger. It was miserable. Where at? Uh, this was actually in Eglin Air Force Base in Florida. Herbert, but it's, holy shit, it's colder now. I, I just got out of Dahlonega, so I was getting out in the snow, and spring, now I'm like, oh, fuck, I get to be in Florida, and I get to be warmed up. No, it's, not, it's not warm in Florida. It's the last hump, and I'm coming back, and... I remember that I started to fall behind, and I'm, I'm strong. I'm a strong ruck marcher, at least at that point in time. I don't fall back. I don't ever have problems ruck marching, and I'm falling behind everybody, and we're at six miles in. We guess i got six miles to go, and, and I can't keep up. How uh, is it? Know. Is it hilly? Yeah, yeah, no, you're going yeah. hilly, and, and my shoulders are screaming, and I, I never feel like this. And there was this one guy from IOBC that I had helped through. I, I carried some extra stuff when he was falling behind. Not that you or I know this, but I would smuggle a couple hula bars every once in a while. And I, I knew the supply started in Florida, and he would kind of hook. So, I, but I gave him to the squad. So I fed him a little bit. wasn't physically strong, just could push himself. And there was a couple times where I just like, "You're an idiot. You're an idiot. I, I would talk down to him because I, you know, you, you just get mad, you mm -hmm. get angry, mm -hmm. especially when you're hungry and you can't sleep and you don't sleep. Well, I remember he could see me falling back, and I mean, come on, I'm almost done. Six miles, I'm not going to make this, and I don't fall out of ruck marches. I can do I'm, this is easy and he came up to me and he goes hey man can i take that from you it humbled the hell out of me because i'm like holy crap this guy he been, said it to you he came to me wow it almost brought tears in my eyes cause like holy crap i've been giving you shit dragging you along telling mm -hmm. you to get your ass up and then you're gonna actually be a bigger man and you're gonna come and say hey, can i take that from you and he traded me he, he took the 240 and I had the only sleeping bag that the squad had. We carried these sleeping bags just in case somebody got hypothermic. We never got to use them. We just got to, I just had to carry it. So I had it all discombobulated on my ruck. So that's why my shoulders were all screaming because I wasn't sitting right. And we got, he got a fix for me and I made it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I took off and I was fine. That was it. But it was just one of those things where, and that really showed me, even though I, I, I passed and I got through and I was miserable and it sucked and we were freezing, you know, he showed me character. He showed me that sometimes, you know, the guy that you're thinking not going to make it, the guy that you're giving crap to, that yes, you're helping, but really you're helping him maybe out of pity more than anything else. He's the one that's going to come in, you know, he's going to be able to take the onus and, and he's the one that's going to get you through. That's and a trip. It was humbling. It was it was amazing. I, I wish I remembered his name too. I just I remember specifically because I really thought I was done. I thought I was like crap. I'm after. I've been through all. So I'm after. And you're almost there. You're you're wrapping it up. Yep. Six miles. Or I'm I'm like oh shit. I'm gonna have to do this all over again. And he just comes out of nowhere. Hey hey man. He, and he could have the way I acted to him. He could have said you know f you dude. The, not, is the two forty the saw? Or what what is that's the, the big machine gun. The old M sixty is now the two forty. So it's the big seven six two belt fed. It's it's a little heavier. Do they call it a saw or no? No, I, a saw is a smaller one. Saw's a two I used to yeah. carry the saw. It can be single person, but it's usually uh, you have a, the the machine gunner, then the ammo, the assistant gunner, then the ammo bearer. That's not a light weapon. No, no. You're, you're carrying the pretty. Now that was a lot, and because I was one of the stronger guys in the squad. Honestly, I think God said, "You know what? We're going to humble you. You've been an arrogant sob getting through this thing straight through. We're going to we're going to scare you a little bit, and humble you, and we're going to say you're real." I do really think that because I. I never fall out. I was very blessed to have good leg strength, be a good runner, and, and could carry a lot of weight. And yeah, he humbled.